Welcome back to another episode of the Burning Eye podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Hart. Um, we are back with another exciting interview with our next poet on our roster, which is the brilliant and amazing Jemima Foxtrot. Jemima Foxtrot's highly anticipated A New Game whirls you through a world of vivid images, hedonism, memory and wonder as it celebrates and investigates the miniature of everyday life. Full of wry humour and written with a bold elegance, Jemima proves that there is no subject that can't be inspire a poem. Foxtrot specialises in joy and this book makes you smile as much as it makes you think. Jemima Foxtrot is a writer and performer who performs and teaches internationally. Her poetry has been published and anthologised widely and her debut collection was published by Burning Eye Books in 2016. She is the founder of Kindred's Creatives and has written for numerous works for the stage. Cecilia Knapp says, Jemima is one of my favourite poets and one of the most distinctive poetic voices I know. She tilts the world and makes me see it differently. Each poem is nothing short of a delight, fizzing with energy, fun, musicality and beauty. A New Game is now widely available in your local bookshop from bookshop.org, Burning Eyes website and direct from Jemima herself. We recommend going direct or one to your local bookshops rather than going to Amazon or Waterstones. Support local writers, support freelance artists. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Wherever you are listening in the world, sit back and enjoy. Hello, Jemima. Hello. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good too, yeah. We, um, we've already had our chat about the weather. Um, yes. Before I press record, so I won't bore our listeners with that, even though they've heard me talk about the weather so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really lovely to have you on the on the podcast today. Um, can I just ask where in the world you are? Where are you coming to us from? Yeah, I'm in Berlin um, at the moment, which is nice. It's where I live. Um, I moved here a couple of years ago um, and really enjoying it. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet the art scene's great there. It is. I mean, it was a <clears throat> excuse me. It was a bit of a funny time to move because it was the middle of the pandemic. Um, but as things have been opening up a lot more, um, yeah, I've met some really, really wonderful people that I've been collaborating with, and and lots of lots of cool stuff going on all the time. Almost too much cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot to get in. I remember when I first moved to Bristol and was like, all the things. It's too many yeah. things all the time. Yeah, um, overwhelming. Yeah. But you, you'll find you find your pace a bit after a while. So um yeah. that's good. Nice. Um so Jemima, my sort of first question really for you is to, to start us or warm us up, really, is what was the last thing that you ate that was like, fuck yeah, this is amazing. The last thing I ate, I mean, I really, really, really enjoy <clears throat> food in general. Um, I feel like um I actually just had a really nice meal last night that I'd cooked for myself. I'm not a huge cook, actually. I, 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 um, I love to eat, but I don't cook that often. But anyway, last night I had um, some smoked tofu and edamame with some like red curry paste and some rice. Because um, I'm really into like East Asian <coughs> things and flavors. In Berlin, there's loads of like Vietnamese food, really good Vietnamese food. And I love that stuff. Um, 
so yeah that was pretty good actually even if I do say it was quite simple but um I've also got mad into this this crispy chilies in oil thing that you can buy from the Chinese supermarket you're nodding like you know it don't you I know it yes it's so good and I'm actually a little bit addicted to the last time I bought a jar I like promised myself I wouldn't buy that jar I was like right you got through like a whole jar in three weeks that's a bit too much so like give it a few weeks before you buy next jar and I managed like four days and I just bought another jar it's really salty isn't it yeah they're really good and you can just put them in loads of different foods stir fry yeah. on toast yeah I love it yeah I love it I so I'm I'm still riding the crispy chilies in oil wave so I had quite a lot of that on it which makes everything I- better <laughs> Well, last night I impulsively ordered waffles, Ooh. like some nuts and caramel sauce on. I was nice. like, fuck it, I don't care, I'm just going to order some waffles. Good for you. What, did you get them delivered to the house? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's, I have a, I've, I've had a bit of a Deliveroo problem since we were in lockdown because okay. I lived on my own. So it was no. like, I didn't have like, you know, let's have special meal times with housemates or anything. It was like, I'll order a takeaway. That's, that will be my special thing. But then it got a bit out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I think it's one of the reasons I don't cook that much actually is because it's, it is not as fun to cook if it's just for yourself. Like Absolutely, I like having people cooking, but like definitely part of the joy of cooking is like people going, oh, that was really nice. <laughs> and yeah. it's you being like, Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> somehow not the same. Yeah, like, that's true. I did get really good at the one person roasts though. Oh, that's so nice. that's still like a thing that I like to do like once a month if I'm if I'm by myself. So that's good. But yeah, food, great. We've got the food bit out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the nice gentle bit. Um, today we are catching up with you about your new poetry collection, a new game. Uh, which came out with us a few weeks ago. Congratulations. Thank you. How does it feel to have yeah, a new really book good. out? Really good. Like I was feeling, I'll be honest, I was feeling a bit ambivalent about it because I felt like, um, you know, it's been, it's been actually quite a long time since All Done Day came out and I felt like I had written quite a lot of poems in that time, but also I'd been I'd been kind of focusing on theatre work a lot more. I'd been doing all these sort of one-woman shows and... Um, and this felt a bit, as I was making it, a bit like a de- um, difficult second album, you know? <laughs> like, it felt a bit like, oh, God, like, what, what is this doing? What am I trying to do? Who am I? So I had quite a lot of, like, crises, <laughs> mini crises in the making of it. But now that I have it, like, in front of me, here it is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy with it. Yeah, I remember we went through that process with you a little bit where I think originally it was going to be called the Gratitude Gratitude Journal. Yeah. Um, which and then had like a slightly different tone to it. And then this one actually, the sort of finished product of a new game feels like a really organic follow-on from All Damn Day, I think. It's got um it's definitely got the Jemima touch. Oh, well, that's good. Still got my signature all over it, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's the um, the sort of idea that the the parts that are musical, the parts that you sing, they're all in, in italics, which I think is sort of the same as in All Damn Day as well. Yeah. But there's a nice continuation there. Um, but because of the sort of the time, like you say, All Damn Day came out in 2016, Strange Trade 2 now. 
I think that's a really good length of time for a, for a second book um, mm. because you can see the like growth of you as a writer, the the subject matters that are catching you at the moment. Um, but they still have those very grounded moments. And, and there's some lovely poems in here about your friends um, and sort of things that are going on and sensuality and things, which All Damn Day, definitely that's what I think All Damn Day was really good at was having that sort of community kind of feeling we were involved in your in your in your life your friends like the things that were going on there um and a new game really follows on well from that um but sort of launches off as well into sort of different concepts and different ideas and you've got this sort of really centralizing poem um gratitude journal uh, yeah. right in the middle of it so let's let's kind of talk about that originally because that is in a completely different form on the page to the rest of, yeah. of the poems in the book what was the in, inspiration behind behind this one because it's quite a long one as well yeah so um I actually wrote this um it, it's kind of got elements of, of the lockdown and stuff in it I, well it has it's kind of about that I wrote it in the first lockdown and I was reading this book at the time called um Ducks Newbury Port, which is this huge doorstop of a book um, by this author called Lucy Elman. And it's like basically one long sort of stream of consciousness monologue about this um, from this character who's a sort of, I think she's in, lives in Ohio, a housewife. Um, and I got really, I was kind of quite daunted to start reading it, but I'd heard about it and I thought, right, I'm gonna read it. It's like 800 pages long or something ridiculous. Um, and it's written in exactly that form. So it, the, the, for those who don't know, it's like, um, it's little tiny fragments with um, slashes in between. And she goes from everything about kind of her mind wondering um, from like, oh, what time she has to pick the kids up to the fact that <clears throat> Donald Trump's in office and these huge political things and then these tiny tiny everyday things and it really spoke to me this book because I felt like that's kind of how my mind works um it often runs quite fast and it often jumps from thing to thing um I'm actually just waiting for a ADHD diagnosis at the moment I've just had a test congratulations ah, so, thanks yeah so let's I, I still haven't found out but my suspicions especially now that I've had the test are quite high I feel like I've probably just got it anyway um <laughs> so I and, and then and then how the, how the poem actually came about is I I um there was a scratch an online scratch night from Brainchild this festival um it's not happening this year actually called Brainchild and I've worked with them doing scratch nights and stuff before and I was like you know what I'm, I've got nothing to do essentially because it's lockdown it was really near the beginning it was sort of April or something 2020 and I'd worked with um, my friend Layla, Layla Nasheff, who had, um, and I, I decided I, was, I wanted to write a poem sort of in the style of Duck's Newbury Port that I was reading at the time, and that I would like to try and do a little bit of video editing and film editing. Um, so I decided to work with Layla to, um, to basically create a, uh, a short film, so that's on YouTube actually, of Gratitude Journal. So it was written originally to be um, 
to be a film, basically. And she's like an absolutely fantastic actor um, and just sort of rattles it off at this great pace. And I really, I really wanted to explore the images of, um, or the issues, sorry, rather, of like sexual violence and things like that and how they can just butt up against the rest of your thoughts all the all the time, you know, without um, uninvited, I guess. Um, and then and and then the idea of the gratitude journal was because um, it's something I I'm not doing at the moment, but I feel like I should be. I I have been doing you know just in a very simple way, like write down five things that you're grateful for. I find it in general quite easy to find joy in life. I mean, lots of people say in my poetry, that's like one of the things that's kind of a trademark of mine is that I'm good at doing joy and happiness. And when I look back at, at times over the last couple of years where things have been difficult, the times, I feel like there are times I should have been really depressed and I haven't been. And it's those times where I've really been writing down like, the small things that I am grateful for. It's a very sort of cheesy, I feel like it's a very cheesy concept, but I think it works. And I think it's been proven to work, you know, um, because actually I am really happy to be able to have like the perfect cup of tea in the morning. And I am really happy to just have a nice phone call with my friend, even though it's not much, you know? Um, and so I kind of wanted to explore those ideas and and how, yes, it's important to be grateful for things, but it's but but with things like you know an experience of sexual violence or rape or whatever, like it's it's not always easy for the brain to stay on track. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think that the general practice of gratitude or like being present with your mind and kind of grounding your mind at a time when everything else is just absolutely blowing up is really yeah grounding and really useful and um sometimes I think we can especially when you're in that lockdown state and really all you have is the internet and it's endless streams of information and negativity and and what have you um that it's it yeah it's an act of resilience to sit there and and think about the joy that you have it doesn't matter how small it is I think it is that you know it's that roast for one it's that perfect cup of tea yeah you know because these are all things that we can overlook in favor of like bigger achievements yeah you know? absolutely and yeah. I think no matter how you know up and down you might be feeling about yeah like oh my book's not doing as well or I haven't written anything for ages or all of this sort of stuff actually it's gonna sound really cheesy but like the point of life for me in its vast pointlessness is to like have a good time <laughs> you know and 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 in that lockdown it was um the minutiae of things really of, of everyday life, which is something I also like to write about, really came into sharp focus because it was kind of all we had, you know? And actually things like, you know, I, I was living with people at that time, like things like having a big ceremony about food and like deciding what we're going to eat and 
it was just kind of amazing actually especially I know everyone got really sick of it as it got to be like the winter lockdown but that very first sort of springtime one where the weather was great and I ended up getting to spend much time with my family like it it was actually kind of joyous for me because I thought god the rest of the time I, I never sit down and and slow down and you know I'm always rushing around I'm never really like sitting down and appreciating things and moving a bit more slowly and I actually really appreciated that it worked for me yeah I think yeah I would say the same in a lot of ways despite being on my own but that was kind of okay I had my hamster that's fine oh what's your hamster <laughs> called my hamster was called Minerva she died last year R.I.P. Minerva. R.I.P. But she was great. She used to sit on my shoulder and eat broccoli and we watched Star Trek together. It's great. Oh, that sounds very nice. And, cute. Very and again, like the little joy. It was very nice. Yeah, um, exactly. Can't look at broccoli in the same way now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, um, these poems then, in terms of like, obviously, the, the gap between the last book and this book, like how long has this book been in the making for you then? Has it... Was this always the plan for you after All Damn Day? Was the idea that you were going to write another book and that's what you were working towards? Or did it kind of come around a bit more quickly and a bit more like, oh, actually, I've probably got some poems here that I could do a book with? Yeah, definitely more the latter, actually. Um, As I said, I've been, as you know, I've been sort of concentrating a bit more on theatre stuff, stuff for the stage. and, um, And also written a novel which is yet to find a publisher maybe I never will which is a bit sad but hey um and so this came about yeah I think it was I think I I basically saw the open submissions last year and I was like oh actually I have been working I the lockdown because there was less opportunity to do stuff on stage <coughs> excuse me um because there was less opportunity to do stuff on stage I started writing poems again and poems that could be or were specifically for the page um and then yeah I suddenly sort of realized that I had nearly enough um and then and I think it was you know a year and a bit ago when I when I contacted you about it and then I thought right well I've got a little bit of time to and I I actually wrote some new pieces since then um since you know I I submitted to you um I guess I kind of always knew I would write more and I hopefully will be writing another one and you know I can't imagine stopping particularly but it wasn't like it certainly wasn't like right all done day is done I need to write a new one um I, I basically yeah it came about a bit more sort of organically and a bit quicker than that yeah yeah I could say that um and there's a lot of um, sort of poems in here or topics that you touch on that I've sort of seen you do work around over the last few years, um, especially around survivorship um, and putting that into your work. Um, how how was that for you in terms of um, writing about survivorship and putting that in your book? Did you find that to be a quite a difficult process or was that something that you knew that you wanted to, to put in the book as sort of a an identifier of, of who you are now and, and where your writings are? Um, no, not too difficult. I mean, I think the work I've been doing with Kindred's Creatives, um, as you mentioned, um, that's an organisation we we support. Um, well, we run creative 
writing workshops, um, creative workshops we're hoping to rather than just writing in the future, but for adult survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And this is something, um, you know, as a survivor of CSA myself, I think it's something was really important. I think it's an issue that is not spoken about enough at all. I think there are way, 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 well, I know there are way, way more survivors than we think and know. Um, and I'd, the, the, the novel that I've written has themes around that in. And I I think the thing that has been challenging is, is getting to a point where, um, I can then talk about it. There's this quote and someone told it to me and I, I keep Googling it and I can't find out who said it, but um, there's this quote that's like, I make art about my life so that I don't have to talk about it. Um, and I feel that quite strongly. Like I'm very happy to have this stuff in poems because it's, a, you know, it's, it's as I've been doing projects around childhood sexual abuse, obviously, I have to go on a lot of my own journey around what happened to me and processing that and how that affects me as an adult and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but actually in terms of it finding that stuff, finding the its way into the poems, that happens very naturally because as you know, my poems are all quite confessional and they're all, all kind of about my life. Um, so that happened quite naturally, I think not just with this with this book but what I've struggled with a bit more over the last years but I'm definitely getting better at it is actually talking conversationally or in interviews like this or whatever about it because yeah. um you know I'm, I'm definitely getting better and better at it all the time but it in the grand scheme of things you know back in say 2016 when All Done Day came out um I, I was barely talking about the fact this happened to me at all, um, I was finding it hard to talk about even to a therapist. So it's been quite a journey for me to, to, to speak about it. But in terms of it coming out in the work, that happened kind of naturally and I, and, and I, I didn't really feel the need to stop it, basically. Yeah. yeah, 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 I think that's, uh, I think that's really interesting because I have the opposite problem where I can sort of talk about it, but I can't create work around it. I find mm. that really hard. I think I, um, as probably many survivors who write poems or think we're, we're constantly looking for the perfect way to talk about it, the perfect way yeah. to summarize how it feels. And that I feel that that's just a constant chase really, isn't it? Whereas, um, yeah with the way your, your your personal style of poetry and the way you write it it's you sort of have these like sort of head like heady snapshots into things and like zooming it constant kind of zooming in and out of of the situation or the things that you're talking about which feels very safe as a reader as a as a survivor to read that it feels very safe um which i think is really important um, and I think you do it in a really good way in um, in a new game um, that feels very supported. Um, and like you say, like it brings in this new element that wasn't in the first book because and that's the kind of growth that we're seeing from you as a writer is being um, is going deeper into that and, and going deeper into yourself. And um, 
and creating a safe space as well for your readers, which I think some there's a fine balance with that, I think, sometimes. But you've done it really well. Thank you. That's really nice to hear, actually, because I think, yeah, I think also it, it's just really important, you know, like as a survivor myself and as someone who works with survivors, I think it's really important to, especially if you're representing experience, like... Um, important not to say that you're speaking for everybody and to make and also to make people like you say feel safe so it's nice to hear that I'm successfully doing that for sure yeah. and you've obviously been um, doing some stage shows and things as well and um, which is what a lot of people will know you for it's your stage stuff how much of the stage stuff is in a new game were you able to like sort of adapt that or is it very separate for you um no, I mean, some stuff is like um, I was saying before, the, cent- the sort of central poem gratitude journal was actually a film and that was me trying to sort of jump into film a little bit and people can, can watch that on my YouTube channel. And then there's a real mixture actually of, of stuff that I wrote for the stage for performance and then stuff that I wrote um, with the intention that it would live on the page. <clears throat> um, and yeah, I think it's, always a bit difficult um actually adapting adapting performance stuff to the page I always find it a little bit of a challenge um especially with the the singing and stuff I mean it's if someone's reading the book without having seen that poem performed or seen a video of it then they're not going to know how it goes basically really um so it's kind of a challenge always to sort of zoom out a little bit and be like right what would it be like if I were a reader reading this having not seen me perform the poem <clears throat> um and, and and that's kind of the lens I try to look it like through it with basically um although you know as 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 you know Burning Eye books like probably the majority of the books that are sold are sold after gigs so I'll you know keep on doing these poems and then I think I think there's something actually really nice about people seeing the performance and then reading the book because when they when they go back to it they remember and they remember my voice and they remember maybe even the melody of the of the song or whatever yeah I think that's true you have a very unique way your performance is very unique um and I always read your poems in your voice (laughs) (laughs) that's good um and yeah you're right you know it's that like lovely um thing of being able to uh, take a bit of you home with them after the performance or whatever and then they can sort of see that but I think even without seeing you perform the poems on the page have their own physicality there you've written them down, you've put them out on the page, you've considered what the page is going to look like for that. So you have that sort of movement, that fluidity um, through so many of the poems. And like you say, you've got the sort of italics in there to indicate when you're sort of singing that part. Um, But I think maybe, you know, people maybe picking up a new game who haven't maybe seen you for a few years, maybe from the all down day times, they're still going to have your voice in their head and remember your way of, of performing yeah. and the way that you interject song into what you're doing as well. Um, so I think it's a really nice, like I said earlier, a really nice sort of legacy from your first book into this one, like we're that, that familiar Jemima Foxtrot signature style is mm-hmm. still there. Um, 
yeah, with some new nuance and with some new kind of challenging poems. And obviously the gratitude journal one is something that really stands out for me. I really, really liked that poem in there um, because it's so different from all the others, I think as well. Mm. So that's, it's nice to have that wild card in there. Yeah. Well. Um, so you're um, currently um, uh, in Berlin. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, I know that you are coming back over um, uh, soon. The On the 6th of August, we're doing Leeds Poetry Festival. Yeah. Um, with yourself um, and Abdallah Ad- Adekole, uh, which is going to be great. I'm really looking forward to seeing you there. Are you uh, going to be doing any more sort of UK gigs in the next couple of months? Yeah, I've actually just done a couple... Um a couple of weekends ago and then I'm trying to book a few more in on this trip actually in August when I when I come back so I will update them on my website yeah um but I'm not, nothing fully booked in yet I'm coming back also for a wedding that um Leeds Poetry Festival time <laughs> so I feel like everyone's getting married at the moment I think there's a bit of a glut because of them all being cancelled because of Covid now they're all happening all of a sudden yeah, um, it is the wedding time. I'm I'm going yeah. to the wedding at the end of July as well. I'm like, oh, wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've reached that point of the of the episode now, where I would like to invite you to uh, read a poem of your choice from a new game for for us. I will. I'm just going to read a little short one, um, and I'm going to read the poem that is called "A New Game." Um, <laughs> because that's the title poem. Um, Okay. A new game for Pauline Criette. Playing cards arranged face down in three squares on your kitchen table. The walls are mustard yellow from when that was fashionable. The baby is crying in the next room. You tell me you're trying a new thing where you ignore her for the first 10 minutes. Mike says, I pick up games really quickly. We lift our eyes at each other. He catches us. He catches us. Blushes. You complete our first round winning and smile like a cat. I touch the actual cat and my eye reddens, bulging, an elephant's heart. You fetch me an antihistamine, tell him off for drinking all the good wine, not giving you or me, the guest, a chance to catch up. Mike wins round two and I'm enjoying losing, truly. My battened down soul now open, gentle, blinking. Thank you. Thank you. So Jemima, where can people get a copy of all, um, I was going to say all, uh, all Damn Day then, a new game? A new game. Well, um, on the Burning Eye Books website, um, first and foremost, I am going to be selling it on my website. I'll be honest, I just have not got around to setting it up yet. Um, but maybe by the time people listen to this podcast, I will have done. I've got a lovely new website, which is great, but I'm still... Um, my friend who designed it for me, who's actually the same guy who designed my lovely book cover, um, he owes me a lesson in learning how, oh, you've got your copy there. <laughs> nice. So weird when you see it in the flesh, you know. 
anyway, he owes me a lesson in how to update my website because apart from putting gigs on it, which I've figured out how to do, I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> so I'm waiting to see him and then I'm going to add it to All Done Bay in my shop section. But if people want it in the meantime, I think the best place is to get it from Burning Eye Books. Great. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, burningeyebooks.co.uk um, and you can find uh, All Damn Day and a new game uh, in the Jemima Foxtrot little section on our web store. Um, and if you haven't got the first book, then I think you should just get both then, obviously. Clearly. I agree. And then you can see this hopefully beautiful progression we've been talking about. <laughs> I love it. I love watching the progression. It's, it's some of my favourite things. Um, but Jemima, it's been a pleasure to chat to you today. Um, I'm loving a new game. I'm sure there are lots of people out there reading it that are also really into it. I uh, can't wait to see you for Leeds Poetry Festival um, in August as well. Um, uh, but yeah, have a have a great week. And thank you so much. And congratulations and all the good stuff. Thank you so much. It's been so nice to chat to you. And I can't wait to see you in, yeah, just over a month. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be good. Um, enjoy the hot Berlin weather in the meantime. Enjoy that. It's actually for the first time looking like it's in ages looking like it's going to rain. And I kind of hope it does because... It's, I'm ready for it. Get outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Well, I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye.